0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Play Repertory Podcast. I'm Mitchell, here again with my co-host, Sarah Lena Sparks. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about directing.
1: Dun-dun-dun!
0: Directors! Oh,
1: that's funny, because I went dun-dun-dun, and you went bum, bum bum and mine's a little bit more negative, and yours sounds a little bit more positive. ha <laughs> It's like the
0: reverse of where we are right now. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> um those listening? I we, I just spent about an hour trying to fix my audio, so we're still going through with this. We're still gonna have a good episode here. Yeah, yeah, we're um, gonna have good vibes. Good vibes only from this point on. Good so vibes. today we're
1: talking about directing, but we're not talking about like how to be a director. No, 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 no. This is a no, playwriting no, no. podcast. So we're talking about the director in relationship with the writer, and that's why I did a dun dun dun.
0: Dun dun dun.
1: It's a a toss up, guys. Uh, It's a toss up.
0: (laughs) Dun 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 dun
1: dun 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 dun. dun,
0: dun. This is actually now just a a podcast of us just workshopping sounds. Uh huh. For you
1: guys. All right. So we're talking about the director's relationship with the writer and such and such and so forth and so forth and such and such. So, Mitchell Uh Huntley, what is the writer's relationship with the director?
0: Well, cop-out answer, it depends.
1: Because it,
0: it really depends on where the play is. Yeah. If this is um, part of the development of the play, you're probably going to be working a lot closer with the director as opposed to if it's something that you have sent out into the world and it's being produced later on. But since we're, we primarily deal with new work development here on PRP, uh, we're going to be talking more about when you're working directly with the director Oh that's awful. I I resent Directly that statement
1: with the director? the director.
0: Oh no. In new play development. And that usually comes down to often you're usually at least in my say my my experience you're a little more hands off and the director might come to you with questions of interpretation more than um more than really asking for um Really like asking to change things, stuff like that. Although that can happen a lot more uh, with especially new play development. Uh, directors are often the one, the first line of, uh, to the first line of offense, being like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know why this moment isn't working. And you'd be like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll take another crack at that. Or like, what do you think is the problem with it? Because a lot of times, uh, directors are the closest thing you're really going to have to directly just asking the actors as opposed to just asking the actors because usually you don't really have that kind of contact. And they'll be able to diagnose when there's a problem that sometimes even just a dramaturg can't tell you because there's a difference really between putting it on paper and putting it on the stage and the director's the one who will be there to facilitate putting it onto the stage. Well, Whereas a dramaturg is able to see more big picture things. We'll talk about dramaturgs at a different time but a director is really there to help put it on the stage and interact with the actors and facilitate that conversation. So the relationship is really more of a, what are the problems with putting it on a stage?
1: Uh yeah. Um. Okay. So like, for most of the people listening, like, you are probably a, so a student of some sort. Um. I don't like, maybe, but I'm pretty sure nobody here has like a drama desk award that's listening. Um you do hit
0: us up. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah,
1: seriously. Um, but like, okay, so here's the thing. Like you're probably a student and if your things are being put on its feet and if they're being directed, it's probably a competition or a festival or you're just doing this with your friends. And any of those things are probably like a, we love new work. This is a new works kind of thing. Um, these are for writers And so, with those festivals, there is an expectation that the writer does have more of a hands-on relationship, I believe. Um, At least in my experience, that's what it's been supposed to be about. (laughs) Um, And so, when you do get the hands-on experience with the director, um, yeah, like, the relationship is really what you make it. But the thing about the director-writer relationship is film has done some terrible things to the theater <laughs> and um there's this one type of director called the director tour Artor, I think I'm saying that right um and this is like a film style and yeah. um it's basically like the director is God the director knows everything. The director is the person of the epitome of what the taste is going to be and where all the decisions must be gone through the director and the director is it. And unfortunately, that has made its way into theater. And especially if you're doing something where a student director is directing your piece, they're most likely going to probably have this feeling that they're like this like all knowing being and so that's when if you, like
0: you, yeah if you la- are if you yeah if you are by the way a student director who we have interacted with and you're thinking oh my god did I do that we're not adding you
1: I'm not, not adding, adding you, you but also maybe yeah. you did like maybe you did like um and so like when people want to be these kinds of like directors um that's when your relationship gets like rocky with the director and it's not really what it should be. It should be, especially if it's, like, a festival or anything like that that's supposed to be about new work. Like, your relationship is supposed to be, like, you are still developing the play. Like, you should be able to be able to make edits and stuff like that. Unless they tell you when you submit of, like, this will be your final draft. You will have no contact. Like.
0: Yeah, but those are the worst kind of people.
1: Like writers you need to know like you have the rights to your show it came from your brain unless you made a deal and like sold it away or something and have to be hands off from now on like most likely like your show is your show like those are your words and so if the relationship with your director gets rocky like don't treat them as that like all knowing being cuz they're not like you are you like made the universe in your head like don't let them convince you otherwise
0: you were god yeah, your like, subject.
1: like I hate to say it, but like you literally created the universe. So like you kind of are the god of the show. Um And like theater is supposed to be the writer's medium versus film, which is the director's medium. And so like never forget that. Like the director is a fantastic facilitator of the show. And it's like supposed to really help the show get on its feet. But like it's still your show. And I don't think that's conceded as a writer to say that, you know, no. Um, and as you can tell, I've been burned. So I think maybe we should talk with our experiences. Uh, Mitchell, what are your experiences with working with directors?
0: My experiences with working with directors is that they will often give you an eye that you don't have. There's like, I have had experiences with directors where they will tell me, this makes like no sense on stage. I don't know how to put this on stage. And I'll be like, okay, good point, good point, good point. And then I will have to work and just that. I've also had directors where they will also see a vision of your play that you do not see. And that's something you have to understand that I did feel like, well, we also say like, yes, you created this universe, but you're not an omniscient god. Mm-hmm. You're, of course, a limited perspective. You're a third-person limited perspective, if we're going back to AP Lit here. You're a third person, limited perspective. So you may see something that the director may not see. The director may see something you don't see. And that's something that you, that at least I've had to deal with before. I've had a director who said, hey, this, these are my notes of what I interpreted. Like, can you tell me if I'm correct? And of course the answer is, well, yes, you're correct. But also here's something that I saw differently because every, his thing, interpretation, everyone's correct, kind of. And everyone's also not correct, kind of. So it's really just uh, you always have to balance that relationship of, oh, I'm not I am the creator of this world. So I did see this. But also you have good points. I think that's really in my experience. It's always balancing um, that relationship of knowing, OK, so I am the the basically the what my word goes. But I I also am really open to your interpretation of it and how you see it and I think people see different scripts differently I had directors for one of these one of the plays of mine which I always thought was really kind of it sounds bad like anti-catholic it was really just an anti-religion kind of thing it was like and then even then that wasn't a big part of it but there was I've had people who were catholic I had a director who was catholic and view and said this is a really amazing piece about catholicism and I'm thinking really I kind of just said you guys are like murderers I didn't think that was a I didn't think that was a kind of a good Catholicism thing, but, you know, it was I think it's really interesting how directors interpret it. And that's what I love about having directors is as someone I know I can trust to put it on its feet, but also give me a vision back that I have not seen. Sarah, you want to talk about your experiences with directors?
1: Well, Mitchell just painted this beautiful picture about like all the things you can learn. And I feel like I'm always the negative voice. In this podcast, and I feel really bad about it. But I'm first I'm gonna add on to yours. So I think like I've had what should I do? Good, bad, bad for, first, bad, good first.
0: Good cop, bad cop?
1: I should be good cop and then the bad cop.
0: Uh be bad cop and then good cop, so we end on a high note.
1: Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing: anybody who does not identify as a male, I need you to listen to me right now. I don't know if you heard that sigh, but it was really intense. I'll do it again. <sighs> Directing is just the perfect vessel for mansplaining. Like, you wouldn't <laughs> believe. Especially if you are a woman and you write a piece. I cannot explain to you how men will interpret your pieces the way they're not supposed to be interpreted. Um, I've honestly had some terrible experiences with directors like I will say I've worked with like a good handful of directors so far I've worked with some very good ones who now I consider like lifelong friends I've also worked with a professional director um but the student directors who I I will also say this, if you have any kind of power to choose your director, choose your director. Don't let anybody else choose that for you.
0: Yeah, that's and that's always an option too. You can choose your own director. That's, um, that's never never not an option.
1: Well, I've kind of been given directors
0: that I've had to work right, with. Right, I'm sorry. I take it back. Sometimes for competitions it's not an option yeah. for you. But in the in the real world you can absolutely choose your own yeah, director, but for sometimes it's better that way.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because okay, so like for my student like director relationships that I worked with, it's just it's honestly crazy. Like guys, I have been not invited to any of my rehearsals. I have been um, not been told who my cast is, which by the way is like against theater law. Like the writer pretty much always gets the final say on casting.
0: This is true.
1: Um so I I've, I've been not invited to the auditions and not told who the cast was and basically I had this one piece and I had a director who I was he was like you don't exist anymore. You are not allowed in this process at whatsoever like it was it was a, and this was one of my first pieces that was ever on his feet. So it was very hard for me to deal with that. And then I've also had directors who, you know, Again, these are men who I'll say something about this piece that I wrote and they won't like believe me and they won't um, acknowledge it. And like, yes, there is like different interpretations, like directing and writing should be like an improv group. Like it should also it should always be like a yes. And kind of thing, like it should always be adding to the piece, not like detracting from it and like taking things away that aren't there, like adding things that aren't supposed to be there. And, like, taking things away that are are there and, like, things that are important. The weirdest thing, too, is, like, so for me, like, many of my pieces, like, I'm not, like, this is going to sound weird, but, like, I'm not, like, a dirty-minded person, really. Um, And I try to not put that in my pieces. I don't have anything wrong with it, but that's just personally not me. I enjoy watching pieces that have that kind of like humor and stuff, but that's just like, I never really write anything with that intention. And I've realized when I work with men directors, they will find how to make it really sexual. And I wasn't asking for them to do that. And it just felt icky to me. Like they're like sexualizing um, things that just shouldn't be. And it was just making me very uncomfortable They added, like, jokes about, like, drugs and stuff that I didn't really feel. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, weird. Um, And then when I'll, like, try and fight them on it, they'll fight back. And it's just, like, bro, like, these are my words. Like, give me a break, you know? Like, it's just, as a female writer, like, you're going to be put in really weird situations, I think. Um, Meanwhile, on the other hand, every, like non-male identifying director i've ever had great experience um you know like uh one of the first big shows also that i got put on i got to choose the director um she was amazing before we did anything we met um we had like a little coffee date and we spoke for probably two hours about our ideas of the show, she asking me questions, me asking her questions. Things of like, well, who do you really see this character as? And like Mitchell said, like it can help you with the writing process. And like, um, for me, it was so clarifying to like get that other opinion from her. But it was like very like consensual in the way that we were talking to each other, and it was like very safe. Um, meanwhile, like those bad directors I've worked with, it's like in front of my actors. Not my actors, like in front of the actors, just being like, okay, this is the way we're doing this. And us like putting me on the spot, putting the actors on the spot as well Um, and just like changing the narrative and never speaking to me about that before, which I felt like I said, like I felt really icky about it. And um, I don't know, there's just there's like there's like stuff you really have to like stick up for. When you're a writer, that I've just like experienced, like I said, like I've honestly just had terrible experiences with some of my directors that I worked with, um, who have complete disregard for my opinion. Um, like I don't know, it's and it's very hurtful because it's like, oh, you write this piece and like you give it to them and they genuinely don't care. Um, but I've also worked with a professional director who was really great, you know, um, and who also was like, okay, like what like we had a meeting before. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things you have to advocate for is like have that meeting before anything happens to just like agree on some sort of direction. And I don't think you have to be some like dictator who's there all the time and who like is like my, my way or the highway, but just like at least so we have some sort of agreement of, you know, things that we're working on. And especially if you have that meeting in the beginning, then you can also like, if they say things that really inspire you, you can edit things really before they get on their feet, you know? Um Yeah, I think. Yeah, you go.
0: I think one of the big things is constant communication. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to acknowledge that the fact that I've had these experiences where I've been able to challenge my director is often true to the fact that I share the same identity as a straight white man, as a lot of the directors and a lot of the, and there's a, a lot of awful people in there, and um, and yeah, if you're a director listening, hi, don't be that person, yeah. listen to your playwright and be in constant contact with them because honestly, it's for your benefit too. Yeah, I feel like it's they think, oh, this person's contradicting me, or this person's trying to get in the way of my vision, but honestly, <laughs> not to sound like uh, to sound like a political candidate, but unity is best here. Mm. Unity is how you can actually make a, a better piece. It, it will, it's to your benefit to be in constant contact with the uh, writer and to be asking them questions, to be like, hey, what do you think about this? And if they say, like, no, that was never my intention, um, then you say, sorry, great. Thank yeah. you so much for clarifying that. And you move on. I feel like, and I also think it's part of like, the reason why there's this why straight white men are so hesitant is that they feel it's a pride thing. Honestly, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not, get over yourself. It's, you don't have to be, you don't have to take it as a wound to your pride yeah. that someone is showing a different vision. Someone who, by the way, has more authority over it, is showing a, a different vision than you. I think that's just something people need to get out of their heads, that it's not a personal attack. It's to better the art.
1: Yeah, and like for all those like, Honestly, any man who's listening to this right now, I hate to break it to you, you are a mansplainer. Like and it's like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter like how woke you are, like how much of a good person you are. I've never met a man who's never mansplained to me before. And like that doesn't mean you're bad. It's just like you've always been taught to do this and that you can have this kind of behavior. And like even Mitchell has probably mansplained to me at one point. But like just like when you do that, just like acknowledge it, take a step back apologize and then just don't do it like and catch yourself when you do it because like like I said I hate to break it to you but you're doing it um and especially when you're in the role as a director um just don't let like those worst parts come out because I really do think that they do and it's miserable for kind of everybody involved and it's miserable for the actors as well like like I was saying like that one time where I was I was working on a show and then all of a sudden like this guy like sprung up how sexual it was and it was making the actors act that way too, which, and the actors had read it the way that I wrote it and didn't really expect that to happen. Um, and so when I spoke out about it, like, cause this was a zoom performance. So I had somebody be actor like private message me and be like, thanks for saying that. Like I was honestly really uncomfortable. So it's like for directors out there, like you don't, you do have a lot of power. So just like, please use it for good and for writers out there like
0: your power comes great responsibility
1: yeah and for writers out there like i had to learn this too like you have to be your own advocate for yourself um especially for all my girls out there um unfortunately like it's just it's rough and like male directors um if i have any power over it i will always try to use a non-male identifying director um because there's just something about them guys that Makes it really hard. Even though, you know, I got guys that I love in the theater, but I don't need them to be my director. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like I said, like I've honestly been pretty burned and I've had good experiences and not great experiences. But I guess I should also just talk about what my great experience was. Um, yeah,
0: let's be good cop now.
1: Yeah. So like I said, that meeting before you start rehearsals at all is so important. Um, and it just starts off as like a fantastic relationship between you and the director because um it's like you both just extended your hands up to each other and are like okay let's create something really cool um and then you get to have these conversations about like what do we really want to be saying with this piece and how do we think these characters are feeling and where are they going and and you know like what's the root of this and how does this get there and it just it feels like teamwork um and it creates a safe environment for everybody which is the most important thing and um and then once you get to rehearsals um you can go if you want um i personally believe that writers should be allowed to go to all their rehearsals um sometimes do writers overstep their bounds yeah totally i'm sure that i've done that um and, you know, I got to work on that and like writers have to work on that because, you know, like there are things where it's like, oh, that's just an interpretation. It's not really like wrong, you know, like yeah, Samuel Beckett, one of the greatest theater writers of all time. Um, He wouldn't tell anybody how to do anything of his works and his works aren't super easily like. Like, uh, they could be, they could mean a whole ton of things. And he never told anybody about that. Um, cause that was just his thing and he's cool, you know? Yeah. And so he like, I don't want to say he didn't care, but he almost didn't care if somebody did it bad. He was like, whatever, you're just doing it wrong. And I know, you know? Um, so yeah. it's like, you know, you have to be okay with other people's interpretations. It's a very like thin, but also like murky line of like, oh, that's just your interpretation, even though it's not completely how I see it. And um of like this is like we need to take a step back and like think about this real quick um and I think those all go back to that first conversation of like what's the root of this show and we need to make sure like this is not something we're going to stray from you know um but yeah I think as long as the co- you're able to have like open conversations um like that's what matters you know um but yeah, like, since most of the people listening are going to be, like, students and stuff like that, I do think students, especially because they do have less training, um, don't know how to, like, work the bounds as much as a professional who obviously, like, kind of knows the ropes more.
0: Yeah. And, and something about directors that I think, at least good directors that I've I've worked with or um, have been taught by, will tell you will show that it's really a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Not just, not just with you and the, not just with the playwright and the director, but also with all their designers. It's not like I dictate everything that happens down to the nail in the set. It's, it's, Hey, this is my idea. And, and, uh, and they'll come and the designers will say, interesting. I thought about this. And then you'll work together. Like that's what good directors will do. Like I had a, I had a professor who, who, for a set for one of the shows he wanted to just like, I think he wanted like a tree and he wanted it to be like that to be like the centerpiece and everything to be around it. And the set designer thought, Hmm, interesting idea. Don't think it would work, but here's what <laughs> that's bigger sparks in, yeah. in my head. And I think that's, that's a similar relationship. I think good directors can have that relationship with the designer and with the playwright. And I think that's something that, that good directors can do and, can um, facilitate without hurting, feeling like their pride is being hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a big thing. The, the 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 auteur, director auteur, just is just someone who has real thin skin. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, it's like, a lot of this behavior that I think that we're seeing is because of film. And because... It's
0: destroying theater. Well, like... I if, declare it.
1: <laughs> like, fun fact, if you look at a movie and you like the way it looks, that's probably not the director that decided that. It's the director of photography, I believe they call it. I know it's DP.
0: DP, yeah, director of photography. Or or uh, it's, it's people in editing, doing color yeah. correction, stuff like that.
1: It's not like the director is, like, the one who is really like, oh, I painted this entire picture. Like, no, that's not how it works. Um, but I do think that attitude has been brought over to theater, which is a little bit scary. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't think it
0: produces good theater, though, perfectly honest.
1: You you think it produces good theater?
0: No, I don't think it produces oh, good theater. Yeah, yeah. I think it produces it's it, it it's like for me it's like it's like the Star Wars prequel saga. Prequel mm-hmm. saga. Sagwa. <laughs> sagwa, no one would say no to George Lucas. Yeah. And so he and mind you, people attribute like everything, like at least not the sequel trilogy, but like the original trilogy and the prequels to him. But he had a lot of other cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, when it came to the original trilogy, his which ex wife
1: they, did so much. His ex wife
0: saved, <laughs> yeah, the, saved uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. or A New Hope, I guess. But uh, she saved Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so I think there's just this myth that having one person in charge of everything is a The right way to go. I feel like it's very similar. People are like, I want a strong man in charge of everything. Yeah. Like, but we shouldn't... That shouldn't be how we do anything, really. I feel like we should have more cooks in the kitchen, more collaboration. Yeah. Well, it's just like,
1: I think with literally anything, the more people have eyes and opinions on it, like, the
0: better. And that's not to say every input has to be followed. It's It's that you can have all these voices and then you can filter out what... Or the director can filter out, okay this is what I think is the right opinion or right thing opinions to put in and incorporate. Yeah. It's having that ability to have other voices in there. Not yeah. that they, every note has to be taken.
1: Yeah. And that's why I advocate for actually like, I know I've talked kind of shit, but like I advocate for having a director because I believe that it's really valuable to have that second opinion. Um, I also, sometimes I'm just lazy and don't want to do the work. Like guys, if you go from an actor then to, like, writing, there are some things that are really, really nice about it. I just worked on a project, and it's, like, you I wrote it, and then I was done. And, like, I, I don't have to go to rehearsals unless I want to. I don't have to do, like, tech slash, like, filming. Like, you can just kind of be hands off, and that was really okay with me. Um, no, yeah, like, I, I do think it's important to have, like, a director who's not yourself for some projects. Some projects, we're going to talk about this soon, but, like, some projects you can direct yourself but also like i am an advocate for like having other people's opinions on your work.
0: Well Sarah, what happens what what do you do if if you look at your own play and you think no one else can understand this play except myself. What do you do then?
1: Yeah. Well, first i think it's like when do you see that show that like you're the only person who can direct it. Um and i think it's like it's going to be like if it's so personal and so specific, mm-hmm. I mean, but it's like, honestly, it's just like, you're just going to have to like feel it because also if it's so personal and so specific, you might need to take a step back, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, which is totally okay. Also, for all my works, even if I want to direct them myself. I also would like other people to direct them because that means that other people are doing my work. Like that's the goal, you know, is to have different people everywhere doing your work. Um, but like I said, I'm normally an advocate for having like somebody else do your show. Uh, however, I have just written recently written a show which I do feel, at least for its first production, I need to be the director for it. Um, this show is very personal to me. It's about being like mixed race Filipina. And um, I just feel like it's so my voice that at least for its first production, I do think I'm the only one who can tell it um, the way that I'm envisioning it. Like, you can have a dream production. That's fine. You know, Um, I accept and I would like for other people to direct it one day. Um, Those people would have to be Filipino and have to be a woman. But like, I do want other people to do it one day, but at least for like right now and especially for like that first production which is like so like in your head and it's a dream and then you would like think about it two years later and you're like oh I wish I would have changed that but like you know I do think like you can direct your own work sometimes what do you think Mitchell
0: yeah I personally have just not had the interest in doing that personally because I liked I like to clean my hands of it because if I if I can see the words still I will think of Ways that they are wrong. Yeah. And I need to approve it. So I like having that finality. Even if I also... There's not like that finality. But like just that distance. Where I can be working on something else. And let maybe get like a text or something. And be like, hey, what about this? I'd be like, oh, well I can I can revisit that. But instead of having to be like, all right, let's, let's get down to brass tacks. And like direct people. And I think... Also, I think one person chose you can absolutely direct yourself. Considering if you... If it's like about... It's that's a saying like the personal nature of it. Um, or if something you felt you've worked really intimately on and you feel like you know most all the beats and you think you should be performing it and it's a one person show, maybe yeah, maybe you should direct it. Um direct your one person show. Hello, Good Morning Boulder City or something, whatever the good morning ba- <laughs> Whatever the one from La Land was. I like maybe maybe you could. I, I think it's not shouldn't be a default you go to yeah which should definitely be an option yeah like I, I feel like I feel like it's often there's like this this not this, like shunning of it mm-hmm. but this taboo-ness towards a taboo nature of directing your own work but also you know the universe of this play probably better than most people and you can answer a lot of the questions that you need and I think as long as you have other people there to like check you like designers, then why and a not?
1: dramaturg. That's and where a dramaturg. That's if you're directing your own show. I would really argue you have to have a dramaturg.
0: Well, I know um, you have to have drama. You should have a dramaturg every.
1: Yeah, show. anytime yeah. you can have a dramaturg, you should. Um, we're gonna do a whole other episode on dramaturgy, but quick recap of what a dramaturg is. It's basically it's like the defender of the text in the writing, and the dramaturg is the person who's there to ask you questions. Um. I, I know that we've talked about this briefly, like, before, um, but dramaturgs are fantastic. They're wonderful. Um, the time that I've gotten to work with one, uh, it totally changed the way I even think about writing and the questions that I need to be asking myself. Very valuable people to have in the room. Um, and they're just making sure all the story's all good. And they're really, like, fighting for the text and for the writer, basically. Um, so there's definitely somebody you, you want to have in the room, and especially if you're directing your own piece.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really love dramaturgs so much. Like, they're, they are the unsung heroes. Fun of, fact. There should be a Tony Award for dramaturgy. Yes, there should. Absolutely. Also,
1: well, I mean, but most of the shows that, like, go to the Tonys have been in development for, like, five years already, so. That's true. Um, Fun fact, I almost majored in dramaturgy, which was such a... Where are we
0: going to sp- major in dramaturgy, Sarah?
1: Carnegie Carnegie... I can't even say. Carnegie Mellon. Um, I almost went to Carnegie Mellon for dramaturgy, um, which is such a specific major.
0: What a flex, man.
1: No, but, oh, my God. Uh, but that's, like, <laughs> such a specific, like, major. Like, it's so, like, it's such a small category. Yes. And it's we'll talk funny. more
0: about dramaturgs uh, at a later date. Yeah. Because um, they're great. I mean, you, also, same with, like, directors. You can choose your own dramaturg. Mm-hmm. That's something you can do. And if, I know, like. Well,
1: If you have the option, I have also been given a dramaturg, and I loved him.
0: If yeah, but also yeah, you can you can choose dramaturg. You have one assigned to you. Lots of times, especially in non-competition world, it you can bring down like Tracy Letts has his own dramaturg. He brings to every single show that he develops. Like it makes it part of his contract that this person has to come to. Like they have to fly him, fly the dramaturg out.
1: I would argue Mitchell is my dramaturg, just because like. I I feel like I'm more
0: your like your copy editor, be like, oh,
1: you're definitely misspelled this word. uh, Oh yeah, like I can't spell or like read or write, and um, I just have like ideas and I don't know how to put them together. But um, Mitchell always like fixes all my grammar and stuff. But um, yeah. So always have a dramaturg, and like I said, like like Mitchell's been saying, like you can normally pick them yourself. Um, I would say less so when you're a student. That's when you have like less rights, you know.
0: I mean, you should have more rights if you're... A, you, you should have more should, rights.
1: But I think often you don't. Often um, you
0: don't. That's the problem. But Yeah.
1: If you're a professional and people are commissioning you to do your work, I'm pretty... Like, that's all, like, you get to have a say in most things. But um, at least, like, when you're a student, you do have to... You have to use force a little bit more, you know?
0: Yeah. That is true. And, and I had to specify, because there are some people I know who are dramaturgs who probably... Um, they're less about the story, more about helping productions. It's different when it's a new play versus an established play. Mm-hmm. Dramaturgy, it's very, it's like kind of like a whole different kind of horse, yeah. and that's but, why
1: it'll be a whole different episode. Exactly,
0: but anyway, so yeah, that's something that's totally available. Directing your own piece—that was what led us into dramaturgy. But you can, you can absolutely direct your own piece, and I feel like that's that's an option that you should always like keep on the table if it's available to you, and you don't, you don't see anyone. As being able to um, direct your piece. That being said, I feel like lots of times I'll be like, Oh, maybe I should be the only one to direct this piece. I'm like, but that's stupid. I can get it out of my head. Obviously I just think that because I've been working with this piece for so long. Yeah. But I you think,
1: definitely have to be able to like step back from your piece. Yeah. In
0: which is way. hard.
1: It's really hard, guys. But like
0: and sending your baby off to college. Yeah. Not that I know that experience.
1: You yeah. don't. Um but <laughs> I will it one is day, like, but it yeah. is like you do have to like be able to distance yourself from your own writing, which is difficult. Um but it, it can be beneficial for everybody. But yeah, that's kind of about working with a director.
0: All right. So not to, not to revel in great man history and all the a lot of these people are men. Love it. But I know. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> the favorite. problem with directing. It's such it's been such a male dominated like
1: Yes. So feel all my girls so long. listening. Become directors, because there are writers, me, who would love you to direct my pieces.
0: Please destroy the patriarchy. Uh Uh-huh. It needs to be destroyed. Anyway, but yes. So, we're going to be playing a game that I just realized I haven't named yet, but... um,
1: Come up with a name in three, two, one.
0: A severe lack of direction. So, one of the big prizes of being a fantastic director... Sorry, Um, is that, I just choked on my own vomit there, is, (laughs) (laughs) not really, not really, not really, is that there is a Tony Award for Direction. Why there is a uh, Tony Award for, by the way, why is there a Tony Award for Direction, Uh, Tony Award for books, lyrics, and music, but not one for playwriting, just for the play itself, beats me. That's a problem. I think there should be one for playwriting specifically. But mm-hmm. anyway, also dramaturgy. We can
1: get into a whole nother thing about how messed yeah. up the Tonys is. That'll be, that'll be a special day. episode.
0: We'll, we'll just have a whole rant about the Tony yeah. Awards and how white they are and all that stuff. But we're going to be talking about different uh, people who have received awards, Tony Awards, for direction. And these are going to be super random, trivial facts that I'm sure you won't know. But I'm sure you won't really care. So (laughs) that's
1: like that's like your all your games. You won't know it, but you won't really care about it. You
0: won't (laughs) really care. We talked about Supreme Court justices last week. Like no one's cares about this shit. Anyway, so I'm going to give you A, B, C or D. You're going to answer it. You know, your your typical quiz format. Okay. All right. Question one. Who was the first recipient of the Tony Award for Direction back when it was both for plays and musicals? Was it a George Kaufman? Was it B, Joshua Logan? Was it C, Elliot Kazan, Or D, Alfred Lunt? Can
1: I ask what the show was? Or is that cheating? No.
0: Um, I don't know. D. It was in fact C. Wait. Everyone's. But everyone's, he directed musicals? It was for both plays and musicals. Oh,
1: because so I was like, somebody who if must If you have asked the play, musicals, if
0: I told you the play, you would have guessed it.
1: Was it? Um all, the all crucible. All my sons. Oh okay.
0: All my sons. Okay. So yeah, so Kazin. it was <laughs> Kazin. <sniffs> yeah, we don't like we don't like Kazin. Um speaking of musicals winning uh best direction, which musical was the first to win the Tony Award for best direction? Was it A, South Pacific, B, Guys and Dolls, C, My Fair Lady, or D, The Music Man?
1: Um south pacific
0: ding 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 that is correct wow. it was south pacific i realized when i wrote that i was like oh damn i just wrote basically oh which of these came first oh because <laughs> i realized, oh yeah south pacific came first in all of these um but yeah south pacific was the first one to win number three who is the most recent recipient of the tony award for play direction is it a oh. ivo van hove B. Sam Mendez. C. Bartlett Sher, or D. George C. Wolfe.
1: Is it whoever directed the slave play?
0: The slave plays actually was twenty twenty, the one that the awards that have been. This is for twenty nineteen because there wasn't an awards last year.
1: Oh, okay, 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 okay.
0: Yet, I think. Also, it's just it slave
1: long. play. I don't think it's B. Slave play. My yeah, mistake. Yeah, just slave play. Um, trying to think about who. It's been so long since we've had a I can tell you life. the play
0: because I don't know if you'd be able to connect it with the person
1: Okay What's the play?
0: Uh, The Ferryman
1: uh, Okay I mean like yeah I don't know which one it is I'm just going to say C but I totally forgot which I like, one I like
0: you're using your, your test strategies <laughs> just Oh yeah just saying C <laughs> just Yeah to I totally
1: C. just did the whole SAT thing right there Yeah <laughs> SATs
0: That is unfortunately incorrect The answer was B Sam Mendez.
1: Okay very close to Sean Fetches. I mean, I know. I know.
0: (laughs) Number four. This director won the 2016 Tony Award for Play Direction for their spin on a classic play.
1: I know what the play this is. What play? A View from the Bridge. A View from the Bridge.
0: Do you know who the director is? Uh, um, I've named him already. He's not from America. He's from Europe. What name sounds very sounds um European?
1: Wait, what were the names? Do I get any kind of name
0: Do you wanna read all the names that I've yeah. listed so far? Yeah. George Kaufman, Joshua Lo- oh, it's not George Kaufman. I'm gonna tell you that right now because he's dead. George Kaufman, Joshua Logan, Elliot Kason. they're all dead. Alfred Lynn. I'm gonna name the other ones. Uh Ivo Van Hove, Sam Mendez, Bartlett Sure, and George C. Wolf. What's the one name? Oh, Come
1: is on. it Van Hove? Is that Yes,
0: Ivo Van Hove.
1: I knew it was a view from the bridge because everybody always talks about a view from the bridge. I even talked about it in my directing class and my teacher's like, it was fine.
0: (laughs) The other ones, by the way, that I had listed were Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which was B. C was A Raisin in the Sun and D was The Glass Menagerie, but we never got to it. Um, (laughs) Those were all ones uh, that were nominated in the 2010s, by the way, because those are the only plays apparently people want to revive. Yes. (laughs) Question five. Who has the most wins for best play direction? Is it A, Peter Hall, Sir Peter Hall, B, Gene Sachs, C, Jerry Zachs, or D, (laughs) Mike Nichols?
1: I don't know any of those names. (laughs) I know
0: they're all just white men. Yeah. A, Sir Peter Hall. It is unfortunately not Sir Peter Hall. It is Mike Nichols.
1: Hmm. Sounds very close to Mike Nicholson, but, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> anyway, the last question. Where this was everyone? an open-ended.
1: Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was right, though, right? I was right, though, right?
0: How did you know it was going to... Okay, no, 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 I'll read the question, and okay. I, want you to, I want you to act surprised by it and then answer it correctly. Okay. So, All right, question six. This Tony Award-winning Chicago-based director is famous for blending classic tales with ensemble storytelling and creative movement. Who is this director?
1: I don't know. Could it be... My hero and one of the reasons why I became a writer, Mary Zimmerman.
0: Oh, that. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, oh my god. god, this was oh not staged god. at all. I knew it was
1: going to be Mary. I mean, she's like literally my favorite. You knew
0: when I said I was there was an extra question that it was going to be Mary Zimmerman. I
1: knew that one of these answers were going to be Mary Zimmerman because, because she has why a would Tony. I not,
0: why would I not bring her up? I, and she has a
1: Tony for best direction, and,
0: and she shows it to her class whenever they do like a. She, this is true. So she's a. She is a um, on faculty at my um, university. <laughs>
1: Let me take her class. I just want
0: to learn. <laughs> and whenever she and she teaches a performance of poetry class, and whenever she um, she does like a games with her class, she goes, "Congratulations, you win!" And she holds up her Tony. I have and that's, heard that as well. That's the great. That's the that's the energy I love. Yeah. I, I have met her. She is she is such a great fun. She's a really funny energy. No, I love it.
1: You haven't just met her. You have gone to her house.
0: I've met her dog. This is true.
1: Mitchell, being the wonderful person that he is for my birthday, um, he like messaged Mary Zimmerman and she was like, Mary Zimmerman, to get an autographed book because um, she is quite literally the reason why I write. Um, and um, he got an autographed book from her, which was so wonderful and kind. And um, you went to her house. To
0: do that, she said, hey, can you come to my house?
1: Yes. And I took my signed copy of Secret in the Wings with me in my evacuation bag um, when I had to evacuate my house because of the fires. This is true. Mm -hmm.
0: Actually, I didn't know that was true, but I said this is true because I. I I mean,
1: I'm not lying. So.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. So that was the answer to that question. And that was uh, what did I call this thing. That was a lack of direction. So, unfortunately, here at the Playwright Repertory Podcast, we don't really use directors. But nope. if you have a play you've been working on,
1: Ooh, and you nice, want to, yeah, nice you like that segue.
0: <laughs> you can submit it to us, and we would love to give it a reading here on the Playwright Repertory Podcast. You know what, Sarah? We should we should maybe bring on some dramaturgs for more play for play readings. Have other with other than ourselves, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah. You can submit it here. The, the URL is, come on, Sarah, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you.
1: Tiny URL.
0: <laughs> how do you, how do you end, how do you end, okay. Okay. How do you end a, a um, URL before the slash?
1: Dot com. Okay. Slash PRP submit.
0: Yes. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. But yes tinyurl tinyurl.com/prp submit go submit it there we'd love to give it a reading here on the playwright repertory podcast and not to uh, keep plugging things but we do have a little thing coming up it's called Valentine's Day and that
1: is what it's called yes
0: we are calling out putting out the Bat signal. No. We are looking for stories of love.
1: Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> that was, Never. That was my. I don't that was think
0: my that was. Jake Ralta's sexy voice. My. Uh, okay. Champagne. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Smushing booties.
0: <ew>. Mountaintop. Champagne. <laughs> Everybody says. No, but, Yeah, we were looking for scenes of love. Uh, or. Love that falls out. Just funny scenes of funny love. scenes of love. love. <laughs> you can submit that to the link in our uh in our link tree in our description of our Instagram. Wow, nice. that was That yeah. was
1: really smooth of you. I'm yeah, the you link that tree out. in our
0: Instagram bio. That's the easier way to do that instead of just, you know, listing of the of the of the Yeah, and of course, this is episode 24 of the Playwright Repertory Podcast. How many times you I say that fast? Playwright Repertory Podcast, Playwright Repertory Podcast. Yes, so which means there are 23 previous episodes of PRP, which means there are 23 amazing things to go listen to and to tell your friends about. And if you're interested in storytelling, your friends are interested in storytelling or playwriting or directing, we're giving them a lot of advice here this week. Send yeah. them this way. They can listen to the Play at podcast and learn all about wait, things. Learn all about, oh my god, I'm going to do so much editing. Learn all about uh, the different different things you can do in playwriting. You can hear lots of cool plays and all my crazy non-sequitur games. Like, the, the possibilities are endless. Go tell mm-hmm. your friends, your family, anyone interested in playwriting. Uh, we'd love to give their new plays a reading here, and we'd love to help spread the joy of playwriting to everyone.
1: And I hope I didn't offend too many people today. <laughs> Mitchell, any final thoughts?
0: Don't mansplain. That, that's not a joke. Just don't do it. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I, I think of one thing to take away from this. Don't, the director don't be a mansplainer. Is not a, yeah. yeah, don't be a mansplainer. And the director is not a god. Yeah. Any,
1: okay. Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. Cool, okay. cool.
1: Cool. 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 Cool.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.